UFC superstar Jorge Game Brad Masvidal, dude. What's going on, baby? What's up, everybody? Today we're switching things up and talking man to woman. Please welcome, please welcome on the show, singer, songwriter, social media star, Lauren Gray. You um, know you like the DJ. I am. Okay. <laughs> One ninety nine for a banana bag, bro. Alrighty, baby, before we get into our interview with Chad and JT, the young little brother-in-laws who were spreading stoke and taking their activism to the streets of Southern California, we thank Revo Sunglasses for sponsoring the podcast today. Revo Sunglasses, it's the go-to brand for premium eyewear that perfectly blends style and performance. As you can see, the young little Twasington is rocking the Logan's new arrival gang, gang, my guy. Whether you're hitting the slopes, exploring the trails, or just soaking up the sun, Revo has got you covered with their cutting-edge polarized NASA lens technology that offers unparalleled clarity and protection. And guess what? It's November, which means it's time for Revo's fantastic holiday sales. Head over to www.revo.com or click the link in the episode description to score some amazing deals on their latest collection. But don't wait too long. Why? Uh, I don't know, dude, because a sale and holiday special ain't going to last forever. Experience the difference with Revo's sleek designs, durable build, and advanced lens coatings, making every adventure clear and more vibrant. From vibrant urban streets to the great outdoors, Revo sunglasses will have you looking sharp and feeling confident wherever you go. Take advantage of the November holiday sale happening right now. Visit www.revo.com. That's R-E-V-O.com. Or click the link in the episode description to upgrade your eyewear game today. That's Revo.com. www.revo.com for the best deals on top tier eyewear. Trust me, your eyes will thank you later. Now let's get into the pod. I, I love Zanies. It's great. I it, it I mean it, I I think it has the best green room in the biz. Uh, have you ever okay. been in the green room? No, they they've never let me back there. The amount of snacks that they have and just the whole display is just like uh, I I dream about that green room. Is it like a writer sheet where you just you tell someone I want some snacks or something they'll bring it in there? Or just whatever you get is what you get. I I always ask for uh, peanut M and M's. That that's on my writer. Uh, <laughs> but like get, this, this is just that they just always have these snacks. Are you guys, I know you are, you're on the tour right now, but are you guys actually going up on stage together or is it just like, Hey, Chad, I'm going up here first. I'll see you after the show. No, we do separate sets and then we do a Q and a together at the end. How, how's tour going? You guys are coming up to New York soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll be there next week. I guess the one thing I wish is, um, when you're just doing one night in a city and you're doing like yeah. three cities in a row, you don't really get a chance to uh, explore too much of the town. Like you try to squeeze stuff in. And I just don't like, if I, if I don't get out and see the city and I'm like in my hotel room all day, I'll just like masturbate and be sad. So it's like <laughs> me to like, uh, to try and get out there and, and explore and like feel. And also like when you see parts of the city, it makes your set better. Cause then you can go up on stage yeah. and, and like crowds love when you kind of uh, are familiar with where they're at. So um, mm -hmm. I think uh, the best is when we're doing like a weekend somewhere, because then you can really uh, just see a bunch of stuff and really uh, take in the uh, the local opportunities. What's been the coolest city that you guys have been to so far? Denver was the best crowd, but it was cold. Uh -huh. So we didn't do a, a fuck ton. Um, coolest city. It's kind of a cheat, but probably when we did Moon Tower Com Comedy Festival was my favorite like week of stand up just because there's a million other comics there and everyone's like in camp mode. So everybody's like having the most fun possible. And then uh, and then Austin just has a lot of shit. Chad, same same answer for you or you got a different one? Dude, I, I mean, we went to Bozeman a couple weeks ago. Yeah, uh, I love Bozeman. I, I like um, I, I watch Yellowstone. I always heard about Montana. And I've been to Idaho a bunch, but like flying into Montana, I was like, <laughs> it just looked like Yellowstone. I was like, oh, this is yeah. sick. And then, uh, and then just the people that are so happy, like they have like the uh, the the skier like Bob, where they're just yeah. stoked all the time. 
and uh I, like it just it has like one road with just like really cool bars and uh jt's dad lives there so um, nice. he's there but it, it was uh yeah I, I just like the people there that that's what got me the most is how happy they were i was like i was just like blown away could be a dumb question but again i just off air real quick i just talked about how i binge watched y'all's netflix series last night that's not y'all's real fathers are they or or are they oh they are yeah okay yeah. okay so okay so J- jt uh that is your real father that was funny uh when when is this y'all's first tour going on together i know you guys are comedians and stand up but is it the first tour going on together no, no we, we've we, actually only toured together okay I, I, have we ever done a out of towner solo no just strider and i because of a uh, oh, yeah it's, um but it's it, yeah it's just been us two yeah gotcha because gotcha. i was having kids um and uh, that sucked you got a kid dude two i had twins nice there you go baby how's how's the father life treating you dude it's great they're wonderful except when they get in the way of touring and i can't go to fort wayne i'm pissed <laughs> there you go how old are they uh, they're, uh 12 weeks old 14 weeks 12. 14 weeks old dude congratulations brother um I was just, we're again, we're Nashville guys, dude. But uh, again, yeah, we're on this radio station out there in LA uh, called Dash Radio. And kind of our story is, you know, I graduated Tennessee, tried to get out of Nashville because everyone from California is moving to Nashville. Uh, And so I went up to Chicago for a bit, started a podcast in 2019, COVID hit back to Nashville. And then we just got picked up on this radio station. So we kind of take our annual trip to LA each year and we just did early August and we stayed in Sherman Oaks. I know it's, you guys are San Clemente boys, but have you guys ever been in that area at all? Yeah. Okay. What do you think about it? I I live close. I just got food from there today. Okay. There we go. It's a nice spot. We had an Airbnb. Um, The radio station that we're on was just totally getting renovated like a week before we went out there. So we kind of accommodated all of our guests there, but kind of a cool area. It's a long flight out there, but I I will say like Hollywood Boulevard is not like a Broadway in Nashville. It's definitely a little dicier out there. I I, CD place. Yeah. I think Hollywood and Highland, I think that's sort of the pit of hell. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking, that's like, uh, yeah, that's like Satan's beehole right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I got molested there one time. It was intense. Did you actually or no? Yeah, by the guy who dresses up as Superman. And I was a huge fan, so it kind of doubly yeah. got me where like I was taking a photo with him. Next thing I knew, you know, I, I don't really want to go into details. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh out of respect for Superman. Respect yeah. for his Yeah, I respect yeah. for Superman, but it was right in front of the Jimmy Kimmel studio and and Jimmy like came out and he's like, What's going on here? And <laughs> Just that was it. You had to keep it quiet. I thought it was a prank. I was like, is Kimmel doing like edgier bits? And then they were like, no, prank here, dude. This is a crime. And then it, it yeah. was, yeah, just glad Chad's okay. And, and that the, yeah. the Superman guy's okay too. Yeah. yeah the, well, the, the, cop, the cop too. It's so weird. The cop was just like, JT, he's like, your buddy's getting boned over there. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, for Kimmel live? Yeah, yeah. Like, if it, if like, it's for like, Kimmel, it's good, you know? Yeah, I was like, I was like that's good exposure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, I mean, when we were out there again, um, we went to EP and LP. Are you guys familiar? Oh yeah, hell yeah, dude. Okay, good, good dates. Dude, yeah, me, me and Chad actually, we used to do a stand-up show at the Improv, and we would do like really fun posters every month. And one time, we just went to EP LP, and his friend was a a door guy there, and we're like, "Hey man, is there like like pretty waitresses here that we could take a photo on the top deck up there and make it look like we're like dramatically dancing with them, like we're in a yeah. the Mask of Zorro." Or uh, one of those movies, and and we have a really cool photo with two gals, and me and Chad are like postured up dancing with them. And our our friend was like, "Who are these girls?" And Chad just wrote back, "I don't know," which was really I don't know. That's funny. No, and then after that, that same that same night, because uh, we got a friend in Venice, and we wanted to go to Santa Monica, and that same night, uh, she was like, "No, stay here, stay in the Hollywood area." Of course, we're twenty eight, twenty nine year old dudes. We go to bungalow. And we're talking to girls that are 21, 22 at the end of the night. They're like, I got to go back to the dorms, dude. And we're like, fuck, dude. You know, a little older. They play volleyball? I don't know. I didn't, we didn't really, we didn't get to that part. We were kind of just taking shots. Are you into the volleyball girls or what's going on? No, one time right. I was hitting on a girl at Bungalow and she left with a guy who played volleyball. <laughs> oh, okay. Dude. Right. Dude. dude, it was pretty sick though. He was yeah. cool. 
I vomited one time at Bungalow and just kept walking. I yeah, never stopped it. I never hezzy. It's, it, it's definitely like a frat he, house. Yeah, and, and you saw that volleyball. He's a really good setter, right? Oh, dude, butter sets. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. a spin on it. And yeah. just he can flick it from like here, here. And yeah. regardless of position or, or what the parabola needed to be, he could get it up to you. And, you know, yeah. I'm not the tallest guy, but I got like a 52-inch vert, so I'll boost for a massive, massive <laughs> bang. Yeah, yeah. I got to take some notes over here, dude. Well, let's just get into it because, again, we like to just timeline it up. Obviously, congrats on all the success, guys. You guys have been killing it. We've been watching you on social media for years. Uh, thanks for hopping on the pod again. Um, both guys from San Clemente, like how did this friendship even start? Were you guys best friends from the get-go or you guys see each other in class or what's the story there? Honestly, it just it started at Hogue Hospital, Newport Beach. Um JT was born a little bit earlier than I was, but you know, we basically became boys like in that section of the hot, what do they call it? The maternity ward. Yeah. I was in NICU for two years. So when I finally got released, got my papers, I just walked out and then I saw Chad being born. Yeah. Okay. So straight up the womb, it sounds like pretty much. I already had flow back then too. I just kind of flew out and like JT was standing right there, you know, um, and I think you're nude. And uh, I just flew out and it was just like, what up? Uh, it was like kindred spirits. It was sick. And then we just kind of walked out of the hospital together. And in a way, we've been like <laughs> walking together ever since. Yeah. That, make, that makes sense why you guys are always naked together and, and sunbathing the assholes. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Love it. And so, okay, it just sounds like you guys, same middle school, same high school. Is that is that what happened? Yeah. And then we, we really like... We were always boys, but then I think that the thing that really um, got us into activism was like junior year of high school. Um, I was doing this four hose beer bong um, with uh, who are the other guys? JT, Helen, Brent, and Dolan. That's right, Helen, Brent, and Dolan. But Dolan was on antibiotics, so he had to sub out, and JT sub back in, and we had kind of like drifted apart a bit because I took up surfing, he took took up bodyboarding. And mm-hmm. so there's kind of a natural rift there, but then we were like on different sides of the pier at San Clemente. So it was like geographical. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, literally the pier was like in between us. And, uh, and then like JT subbed in and like all those memories of like our childhood flooded back. And I saw him just like down the brew and like, you know, half a second. And, and we just kind of stared at each other for, yeah, and then okay. uh, we were like, "Yeah, let's let's start doing activism." So it's not like I mean, uh, it sounds like you guys actually enjoy doing it. It's not just a skit; like it's fifty fifty, or is it you guys actually enjoy doing the activism around SoCal? I think I think at first it was for real, and now I am chasing the money, the hose, the <laughs> the notoriety. Yeah, yeah. I do. I would like to be like. Like who's in my phylum, you know, like Sandler, you know, mm-hmm. I'd like to be like bigger than Jared Sandler. <laughs> okay. What's up with the fast and furious then? Are we, do you guys sit down on the couch and we're just watching fast and furious? And that's, that's why we wanted the statue of Paul Walker. I mean, Paul, uh, like when I first saw him, uh, you know, I, I went with my dad and my brothers and we got Carl's junior afterwards and like just seeing Paul, I was just, I was just like, that's who I want to be like sick hair, yeah. cool party, and just like the coolest dude. And then just like really good with cars. Um, I'm still not good with cars, but like, just like his cool attitude and, and also just his heroic nature. I was just like that. That's who I want to yeah. be. And so, and so I think we kind of like really emulated that, or we really tried to, um, you know, be like Paul, uh, and so when he when he passed, that that's it, that's when it really yeah. kind of yeah it's all it's all it's all about family. How are you guys getting the? I'm just curious. How are you guys getting the recordings of the public comments? Is that just is that just anywhere to be found? Yeah, they film them all, so it's all a public record. Like if you want, you could go in there and do it, okay. and it would be up the next day. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so I'm just trying to figure out the 2017 viral moment here. You just kind of go in. You got this thing. You guys are funny, but it's it's for real at the same time. It sounds like. And then you get the recording. We're like, why don't we just come up with something funny that no one's doing and post it on social media? And it's 
it'll just blow up. Is that like the thought process behind that? Dude, I mean, the first one, like we, uh, we didn't even post the first one. We went in, uh, you know, petition for the statue of Paul. The St. Clemente Times posted that on their Facebook and it blew up from there. Gotcha. And because it's like public record, you know, so that one just blew up. And then, and then, uh, so we were just doing it for the sake of doing it. And then Mm. like, and then the sort of notoriety came with it. And that, 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 like JT was saying, you know, he's, it's like been tough to balance like the, the allure of money and hoes with. um, Right. Right. Being straight up, you know, a hero for the people. I mean, you can do both at the same time. Why not? You can get the money and hose and then just, you know, go out in the streets and what, how old were you guys when y'all did that video? 30, 30. <laughs> hey, all good. All good, baby. I'm closer to 30 than I am 20. My guy, <laughs> you know, I'm feeling it in my chest a little bit, dude. That's funny. So then after that, it just, what, what is, are you guys doing stand up while doing that or does stand up come after that? The notoriety comes after that or What's what's the vision at that point in time, I guess? We were already doing stand-up. I think I think we always it was kind of an accident. I think Ch- Chad had more of a clear vision of it, of like doing kind of like a bro uh Borat. And then um I, I tagged on and and we we kind of saw that there was a lot of uh novelty and something very genuine and sweet about bros who wanted to make the world better. And then it kind of just like the vision came to us, but it was like, it came to us. It, we didn't come to it. Like we kind of saw right. a pathway and we were like, oh, that's the thing to do. And and uh, fortunately we had been working in comedy and in entertainment for a while. So we kind of had a skill set that could, uh, you know, uh, make it work. And we had people we could work with and stuff like that. So it was kind of an accident, but like one that we were prepared for. And then, and more accidental for me, I think Chad had a clear vision of, uh, of how it would fit into you know, yeah, uh, people seeing it and stuff. So you guys aren't working nine to fives at this point, or are you still working nine to fives or just trying to make it into that aspiring stand-up comedian than social media per se? Today or, or then? Then. Uh, uh, oh, good. You go, you go, baby. I, I, was, I was running a surf school, so it was just me, but I was teaching surf lessons in Manhattan Beach. Um, so that was, nice. that, was my, that was my day job. I had I had been working in locations on TV shows and then um I quit because I was doing too much Adderall and then I started driving I was driving an Uber yeah. and uh, but then I I crashed. Sound <laughs> <laughs> you crashed, dude? I we, we shot a I was helping Chad shoot a video at it at a Coachella and then he went home and I'd always heard like the way Uber drivers would talk about Coachella. It was like, you know, like the lost city is either like there's gold for miles. It just makes so much right. money. And I was like, hell yeah. So I just drove for like 48 straight hours. And then I was tired on my way home, wasn't paying attention and just banged yeah. in the back of someone's car. And uh, yeah, so I, st- I stopped driving Uber after that because I didn't have a car. It happens. It happens. And then, okay. So I don't want to stay on this topic too long because this feel like you guys are like, why is he asked so many questions about this? So what do you guys do? You, you, you move in together and you kind of come up with this game plan. You keep working. Like what's, what happens after that? Yeah. I mean, we kind of always flown by the seat of our pants, uh, shout mm-hmm. out Maverick. Um, but, uh, I, you know, uh, w- w- like the TV show came along, we, we like prepped for that and, mm-hmm. and, um, it's kind of been like 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 we had you know we were doing the activism stuff and that and then that sort of gave rise to the opportunity for a tv show and that was sort of always on our minds um and then but then as things we've kind of um like we then we started our podcast and then um started touring you know it wasn't um it's kind of as there wasn't much planning in it it was more kind of like you know, as things came along, we're like, oh, that's a good thing to start pursuing. Let's do that. Let's, you know, right. um, there wasn't like a big sort of master plan, I guess. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. And then you started the podcast before everybody's, po- now everyone's podcasting. Any thoughts there with just people blowing up that have popularity that are just running the podcast game now? Cause we started in 2019, right? So we're seeing it all the time now, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's such an oversaturated medium i i remember like when they first came out it was such a breath of fresh air because it was like the first long-form conversation that had kind of existed because tv and radio was so 
pared down for the most part, besides like Howard Stern or Fresh Air. And then now, I don't know, I'm curious what the next thing is, I guess, you know, yeah. like what the, the next medium is going to be. I, I'm not, I'm not sure. Hmm. Do, do you have any inkling on that? I don't. I, no, I don't. Well, I always just tell people like, we're not popular. We're not famous, dude. We just try to get good guests on and just build a resume for you guys a little bit different. But then when we see, you know, like a call, I guess like an Alex Earl or somebody popping off, it's like, they just have all the resources to do that. And we kind of don't say a chance. I don't know what is next. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I still listen to podcasts all like, that's like all I listen to podcasts. Dude. Through. Um, like I love Theo's podcast. I love, you know, uh, yeah. I, I love sort of the stand, you know, Rogan, Theo. Andrew Schultz. Yeah. Schultz. Um, dude, I like to get into some ghost stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just saw you guys had on the, uh, I guess the ghost hunter on the last episode. Yeah. I love, I love that stuff. I, I don't know how much it vibes with, with other people, but for me, I love it. So yeah. I'm really stoked on it. No, it was really funny. All right. Well, I'm curious about just the Netflix show in general. Obviously you guys are getting, you know, again, popularity, notoriety, yada, yada, at least in SoCal and everywhere else. So just on social media, but were you guys presented with the opportunity from Netflix or is that something that you just had an idea or a pitch and pitched it to Netflix, someone that worked at Netflix or what's the story behind that? We, uh, so we, we had a couple of videos go viral and then it's all Chad's right to say we were very like fly by the seat of our pants. I think the thing we've always just tried to make sure is that like we're growing, you know what I mean? In some capacity. And with that, it was like a slow, like first we had a pilot with like a smaller production company. And then we had another video go viral and we started getting attention from more production companies. So then we kind of broadened the search for a partner. And then we linked up with uh, absolutely productions who made like Nathan for you or Eric Andre. And then they brought us, to like all the different platforms like Amazon and Hulu and Netflix. And we, we came at them at a good time when they were buying a lot of stuff and it was a very competitive uh, buying marketplace, you know, mm-hmm. like they were, I remember they were all competing over who had the best office and like Netflix <laughs> is, is like the, the, like, it's just incredible. It has like just ice cream on every floor that you can just grab. <laughs> And then, uh, and so they were all, they were all like flush. And so it was a good time to try and sell. And then we just had a good week of pitching and did really well with the Netflix one. And then they, they followed up like a month later and bought it. And then our other offer was from like Quibi, which we almost mm-hmm. went with and probably grateful we didn't cause it doesn't exist anymore. Does there go any didn't like nerve into behind, like signing a deal like that? I, I don't think I was nervous about signing the deal. I was just nervous about doing well and then doing a good or doing a good job and then having it do well. I guess when we started the YouTube stuff, it, it was we sort of viewed YouTube as like a, a means to get to the TV show kind of uh, stage. Okay. But uh, so what, that was kind of what we were like really aiming for. And so once we got it, I was, you know, I think we were just stoked and like, yeah, let's do, we'll do whatever. Um, we just wanted to have the chance to do it and do it well. Um, and so I think that was the main concern going into it. JT, same. Yeah, no, no, no hesitation signing with them. It was like one of the, I'll remember that moment forever when we got the phone call that they wanted it. The only hesitation now is that like TV takes forever. It's not a fast moving process. Like the, even if you sell a show, you might have to wait eight months before all the contracts are done. So it's just kind of a, and then like, you know, from the time we sold it to the time to the time the show came out was probably four years. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So you're like, because well, because COVID happened too. So there was some like unforeseen, yeah. like biblical level interventions. But you're like, like I was way older when the show came out. I was like, I'm yeah. like a different human. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. That's I didn't know they do that. I wonder if they do that for all the show. A lot of the shows in is what it sounds like. I think it's even tougher for scripted stuff. Honestly, like fully scripted stuff that can take. If you go to like, I, I've never worked there, but the reputation was always if you go to HBO, they'll like noodle on your script for like three years before they'll put it into production. Gotcha, gotcha. So they get the final edit of everything, obviously. Then, like some place like HBO just wants it to be like perfect, so they're like, hey, like we have like a really high bar of like you know, what, what it's got to feel like. So we're going to make sure it's perfect before we do. And then, so you're like, you know, you're burning through a lot of your life and you're just, but it's totally worth it. Like it, yeah. to have something come out on a big platform is, you know, is felt really rewarding and felt like a good. Yeah. 
it was all awesome. Who who are you guys watching it with the very first time it comes out on Netflix? Just friends and family? Yeah, it was the, when, the night we had like a a, a premiere, and uh, that night I got hammered. We all got hammered. It was a really <laughs> huge fun. mistake. Huge mistake by us. Oh yeah, yeah. The next day was brutal. Uh, but but that night I watched it. You know, I don't really remember, but I watched through it. Yeah, that, like midnight when it came out. But then the next day I'm like hungover and freaking out. I'm like. <laughs> Is anyone watching this thing? <laughs> it's actually funny to you guys too, isn't it? Like you guys obviously know you're funny dudes and like you're still watching it. You know everything that happens, but like you're like, dude, that's fucking hilarious actually going back at it. And it's like four years later too, you know? I guess, I guess the thing is, you know what's cool is when you watch it, we got to watch like the first two episodes with like a bunch of friends and family and people who had worked on it and mm. watching them laugh at things that I didn't even realize were funny because I had seen it by that point. Like we were in the edit. So we've seen the show 2000 times by the time <laughs> yeah. other people see it. So then you're like, I forgot that was even supposed to be funny. I've seen it so many times. That, that was really right. Watching it with like a live audience was really rewarding. I think for me, what I found last night, like looking up if the actual, like the dong march was real and yeah, it was a real thing. So that's kind of the cool thing that you guys did in the Netflix. You got, I guess that was a part of the script, obviously, where it's like, well, let's kind of take these different viral moments that we've done before, like these viral, like city council meetings and just plug it into whatever the story of the plot or the plot is in this Netflix show. Yeah, the, the Dong March too is really cool because uh, we, we had been planning that and it was tough to pull off because we had to, we had to get, you know, the city to, to what well, we have to get like a license, JT? or, or yeah, like you a, get a permit to do like a, to, to take up, to close roads basically. Yeah. And then the cool thing about that is like, as we were finishing that day, we started to see it pop off on Reddit. So that was sort of, and then, uh, and then Bill Maher uh, talked about it. He took it seriously. And he's like, in, here in LA, there was a small dong march. And <laughs> I think, I think a lot of people took it seriously, bro. Cause there's a ton of articles about it. Yeah, dude, it was amazing. And so like uh, Charlemagne, the God, we got him too. Yeah. He's like, he's like, these people are real. You'll find these people on the internet. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, That's the best feeling when you can trick people in the industry. Uh, even though the cause is, is very real and, and near and dear to our hearts. Of course I made, I made the mistake. I wish Liam was here right now, but in fifth grade, I told everyone I had a two inch penis and I thought it was big. And then everyone made fun of me for it for like the day. That's a fucking fat meat, dude. Yeah. That's big, see? Bro. You know, still, still rocking a two inch dong, dude. Nothing really changed, bro. You know, 12, 20 years later. Dude, you, you should start <laughs> a small dog march in Nashville. Just rep it in Nashville. You just yeah. march down Broadway, but like whoever has a small dong, you know, cruise in. I'm already doing some man on the street stuff for like my actual job down there. I do like betting content. Just ask me like, what's the bet? And people are like, I don't even know what football is. You'd be surprised. People down there have no idea what's going on, but they know what small, they'll, they'll know what small uh, dong is. So I'll just hear a small dong, dude. You can be like, you're like, oh, you're taking the chargers. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, by the way, I have a small dong. Yeah. What do you guys think about that chargers fan? You, are you guys chargers fans at all? Uh, no, not 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 really. What? Well, who's the Chargers fan? Oh, the girl, the lady who was yeah, who's on McAfee show. Yeah, she's a plant, dude. It's an industry plant, huh? Yeah, is that what people think? That's what people were saying. That's what people were saying. Because she's also a Vikings fan, right? Uh, that I don't know. Because she was because she, she's like rooting so hard for the Chargers, and then she's rooting so hard for another team that was like the Vikings mm -hmm. or something. And okay, we're like, this is a huge plant, but. I'm a huge fan of Justin Herbert's flow. Yes, Justin Herbert's the man. What's the team? What do you guys you like? The Lakers, the Clippers. What's y'all's team down there? Dude, I'm a Jags guy. Jags guy, really? Yeah, and Etienne. Etienne, okay. He's a dog. I just became a fan three weeks ago, so I, I like it. We're, I'm a Titans fan. We're in the same division, so I, they, I know they get us every time. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm rocking with Duval. I yeah, dude. I flew to Chicago from Nashville last year with some. Uh, Titans fans, they're so cute. It's like these old ladies. Yeah. Um, where are you going? They're like, we're going to Green Bay. <laughs> the yeah. Titans game, tighten up. JT, what about you? Who's your team? I'm a Steelers fan. Steelers, again, another rival. We're, I mean, tonight we're playing the Steelers, Thursday night football. I'm bummed. I'm bummed we're not in the same uh, division anymore because those used to be some, uh, it used to be like Titans, Jaguars, Steelers, Browns, Bengals, Ravens. Was that the whole division? Is that too many teams? 
Uh, might be too many teams, but overall they're in the AFC. It, we're in the AFC South, you which guys is were never in our division, huh? I don't think so. But yeah, I, I like the Steelers a lot. Obviously, we got kind of an anemic offense this year. I don't know if Kenny Pickett's the guy. I talked myself into it in the offseason because there was enough preseason hype. But um, I like our I like our talent. I love TJ Watt. I love Micah Fitzpatrick. And I, you know, I I bend the knee to Mike Tomlin. He's my hero. I love that guy. I love our consistency at the head coach position. But I am yeah. excited about those Titans. I mean, Will Levis threw some bombs to Hopkins this past weekend. He looks good. He's definitely better than Tanny Pill, is what we're starting to call him now, dude. So yeah. Are you hip to this thing that Will Levis, like his lady left him for Morgan Whalen? I just read about that last night. People were calling him the Mayo Man because I guess he had to deal with what uh, the mayonnaise, the big mayonnaise company is taking it out. He's taking a shot of it or whatever. People are calling him the Mayo Man now. But I did see in the comments last night, I guess he lost his girl. That was a big thing on draft night. His girl was hot and everyone wanted to look her up. It's like crazy times. People just zero in on stuff now. Did she get with Morgan Wallen or is that just kind of like the rumor going around? I think it's all just hearsay. I think like, I'm just so glad my girlfriend doesn't have a podcast. (laughs) You know, because you know, there'd be a moment where she just makes some kind of mistake. Like, you know, she'd say something about like me coming quick and then they do like a some guy on a YouTube react video and be like, look at his girl's face right here. You know, she ain't getting it right. She just spilled the (laughs) beans. So all the boys now they're gonna be in her DMs trying to lock and load on that snatch. JT Poor's a bitch. Bro, people are wild and people are wilding on the internet, bro. It's just the uh, micro analysis is just so intense, and it's like no one can survive <laughs> that, dude. I'd say the content game is ruthless nowadays. So what are we gonna see a, like a second season of this? Chad and JT go deep because I I personally enjoyed it. I thought it was good. They offered it to us and we said no because we just want to try something new. Okay. Is that in the same realm, same Netflix world? Or I guess not. That would be kind of awkward. I mean, we're open to all buyers at this point. We liked working with Netflix, but we're kind of non-monogamous when it comes to our uh, our content. We, we we feel like it needs to be fit. We, we you know, the, 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 the content needs to match the platform. So that, that's a, we're very uh, specific and choosy with that. And that's, again, this might be TMI or too much to say here, but like, that's just a contract. Once you're done with the show, then you guys are just done with the the network. We don't, we don't have any offers right now, but it's a bidding war. Gotcha. Let's go, baby. Hey, stack it up, baby. Stack it up. Let's get into uh, kind of this all natty tour that you guys are doing. Again, it sounds like you guys have been doing stand-up tour together. Uh, would you say this is the first big tour that you've done together? Yeah, we well, we started, uh, we started touring... Uh, I guess a year and a half ago. Is that right, JT? About, yeah. about, mm-hmm. yeah, about a year and a half ago. So so we've been going pretty consistently since then. So we we like kind of just started touring, which has been awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now we're starting to get, we're getting, getting so the, we announced the All Natty Tour last year in response to uh, Liver King um, doing Roids, which, which was a huge blow to me because I didn't see it coming. Uh, I, I, you know, I took all the supplements and they just broke my heart. So, bro, I bought raw liver. I thought it was real too. I bought it and like, I even ate the bone marrow stuff, bro. Dude. Yeah. I, I was a raw liver guy too. I mean, I still am. I, I, I feel like you get a boost from it, yeah. uh, but I was trying to look like bone saw from Spider-Man, which is a, an obscure ref, but if you get it, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, and, uh, so now I just, I might have to do steroids after the all natty tour is done. I think you got to change. You got to be different. You can't be bound to who you were. That can't define who you become. Yeah. Uh, so you guys have been on tour. Is this the same tour then that you guys are talking about from a year and a half ago, or is this the nat- all natty tour kind of started a couple months back? No, I same tour. We haven't yeah. really changed the name. One more thing on Liver King. It was pretty hilarious when he's like, "Dude, I have to. Eat, I have to do roids because it's really hard to eat that many bull testicles in a day." <laughs> Did he say that? Yeah, he was basically like, like my diet does work, but I would have to <laughs> yeah. eat, to get the testosterone boost from the organ to organ transfer. I'd have to eat like six thousand full nuts a day. Yeah, it's not, it's not doable. What you think he would be the one guy that be able to do right? I don't know. Like, what else are you doing? Just eat all the bull nuts, dude. Prove that it works. Uh, what would you guys say the hardest thing about stand up comedy is? Because even when I lived in Chicago for 10 months after school, then COVID hit, I would go to these improv shows and, uh, it seemed like the, the most difficult or challenging thing I've ever seen on stage. Obviously it sounds a little bit different with doing stand up uh, comedian acts, but what's, what's the most difficult thing you guys would say? I I would say 
Sorry, go ahead, Chad. No, no, I got nothing. Go ahead. I was going to say probably surviving it long enough to get good at it. Yeah. I, I was kind of lucky that way where I, I had like my parents were backing me up and stuff. But like, I think like I saw a lot of really talented people who just didn't get enough opportunity early enough where they had to quit or they had like a, a lot of comedians are kind of nutty. They'd have like a mental breakdown and they couldn't bounce back from it. Or, and like, it just does for, there's a couple exceptions, but for the most part, it takes like at least five years to get good at it. And a lot yeah. of people can't for a, a million reasons. Maybe they don't have the patience. Maybe they just need, they have a family and they need to provide whatever it is. They just can't make it through that five years. So I just think it's probably sticking with it. Yeah. I'd agree. I agree with that. Were you guys doing improv before stand up? I did it a bit. I did. I, I did UCB for like a summer. Uh, and I love improv. It's so much fun. But mm -hmm. I, 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 the thing, the thing about stand up is it's like all on you. You know, it's like if you want to get good at it, you don't have to depend on anyone else but yourself to to really, you know, it's just you pushing yourself, which I like so much more because, you know, you, if you do like improv and you want to practice, you have to get other people to practice with right. you, which in L.A. too, you know, in entertainment, it's like people aren't the most, you know, people can just be flaky. And right. so it's really hard to to, I think. I have a lot of respect for really good improvisers because you know, it's uh, it's hard. That I think it's really hard to to get consistent practice in. Are, are you guys big crowd worker guys? No, no, because I will say there's one. Sorry, there's one story just real quick. I went to the comedy club in L.A. two years ago when we did go out to Dash and record like the you know that annual trip or whatever. Uh, my boys all put me in like the closest to the stage, closest chair to the stage. There was like nine. Uh, you know, comedian stand up guys. And I got shitted on for like three straight hours, bro. Like same jokes every time I was rocking, you know, like rings and a necklace and just looking like a D bag to the fullest. And I just, like, like, it, it was, was just, just bad. I never want to go to the comedy club ever again or the comedy store ever again. Oh, uh, it, it, it like it upset. It like hurt your feelings. Oh, I had the biggest, I had the biggest ego death after that. And we were still in LA for like three days. And I just, I just got, I just yelled at my boys who I was staying with the entire time. I was like, that was super fucked up, bro. Like no one had my back, bro. Yeah. yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. I, yeah. What's this? I, I'm starting to try it a little bit more. It, it's not my, um, it's definitely not my, in my wheelhouse, but like, mm -mm. um, I always, you know, I found our shows, it's like the people who sit in front are always like people who don't know us. So <laughs> it's always gotcha. kind of discombobulating because, it, on tour it's like you'll see people and it's like they're like usually like older and they're just staring up and they're just like what is going on and yeah. uh i'm like do you even know like who, who do you even know who we are like yeah not not like that they should know who we are but it's like you know well they're at your show they should know who you are what's the the vibe with you guys kind of seeing matt rife get all this attention and as comedians, would you say, because I even heard him say this in an interview, it takes away from like the joke you're trying on stage with just getting so much attention on how good looking of a guy he is or whatever. Like, what do you guys think about that? If someone like kind of interrupts your joke? Yeah. 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 No, I don't like when the crowd is. I Yeah. Maybe all the crowd work stuff is making the crowd like noisier and a little more like uh, prone to interjecting. Um it's still like, you know, you're a comedian, you got to handle whatever the crowd throws at you. But yeah. I, I'm sure for Matt, it's tough because like he's the most famous guy in the world now for crowd work. So I'm sure when they come to his show, he kind of has to deal with that, even if he wants to do material. But again, he's like selling out arenas. So it's like, right. His, the problem is good. Yeah, no, it's a good problem to have. Uh, any just crazy stories you got from doing stand up? Any hecklers? Any numbers after the show? Any crazy stories you can tell me? In Atlanta, this, this girl tried to beat my ass. Um, <laughs> she did, dude. I didn't realize. Like, like uh, we were in Atlanta, and she was like yelling out at me. And I think I'm a pretty, you know, I think generally a pretty nice guy. Uh, and so I was. It was kind. I was kind of taken aback because she was just. You know, she really wanted me to die. What 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 were you saying to her? Like, what what was the setup? I wasn't saying. I was just saying my joke. I was doing my bits. Yeah, uh, it was getting a good response, but she just took umbrage to it, and she just wanted to, 
you know, trade blows. And then the security guard was holding her back. I thought she was just talking to him, but I guess he, she was trying to get up on stage and just, you know, okay. Beat my ass. Kind of prejudiced chat a little bit. Yeah. I think she thought I was like a, a douche, um, which like, I like douches a lot actually. So I was like, kind of, thank you. Yeah. It just makes the whole show awkward, right? You're like, all right, do I keep going? I guess I keep going. You make a joke. Like, I guess I'll keep going. Yeah, you, you know what, you know, like, in that instance, I was able to play off it pretty well. So I think it made the show, I, I don't maybe some people wanted to really hear more material. So they're kind of disappointed. But it, it, there was like, good interactions that made it that were able to generate laughs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like I, I was in San Diego last week, and there's a girl, a girl up front. And she was interrupting, but it was like, it was too weird to where she would like, I, I, eventually I was like, all right, it's time to shut up now. Yeah. Sad. And oh. like, look, I'm not trying to be mean, but shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's what? like, she's like, well, you're doing a pretty good job at it. I was like, oh God, like, you can't yell out and then get sad when you get called out. Yeah. And then just another quick question here. Do you guys practice your entire show to your boys in the mirror? Like, is everything kind of just scripted? Or when you're on there, you got the joke in your head and you're like, well, I'm going to finish. Or you got the the front end of the joke and then the back end of the joke. I don't write word for word. I have like the general concept in my head, an idea of what the turn is. But um, I feel like the audience being in the moment makes my brain work better and come up with the words better. So I kind of need the, uh, I, I need the concept and I, I need to know how I feel about it, but I, I don't want to have it verbatim or it'll come out rehearsed for me. I started to mix of both. I, I used to really write them all out. Now I'll write them out, but uh, I, I practice it sometimes and that helps me find new words, but it's sort of mm-hmm. the same thing where you, having an audience really kind of Helps you hone it. You're starting, you don't have an audience very often. The hardest thing is to get stage time. So you need to script it all the way out because, right. but if you're, if you're touring, you get enough reps with real life people that, uh, that you, you can kind of write with them in a way, but, but gotcha. when you're doing open mics too, other comedians are so mean and they, we all hate each other. So no one laughs unless you're like very funny. And so you need to script it. Cause if you try to like feed off their energy, you're feeding off of death. Like they, they, they're giving you nothing to indicate where the joke should go. Right. That was like me and with speeches, whenever I was in college, I'd be like, well, I got to rehearse this and have it word for word, but then I'll just try to go wing it. And it would be so much better than what I actually rehearsed. That's why you do a podcast, bro. Yeah, dude. I know. That's why I'm on here. All right, guys, a couple quick more questions for you guys. Appreciate you guys taking time out and hopping on. I know we got the Steelers Titans game. Uh, what about just any any crazy parties, you guys? I feel like an idiot, too, because I didn't pronounce the name correctly, the city name. What is it, Clemente or Clemente? I say San Clemente. San Clemente? Okay, cool. Any crazy crazy parties out there that you guys been to? Um, crazy. Yeah. Where you guys have hung. I, I know Zed's kind of in the mix. I don't know if he's out there hanging out with you guys or hanging out with any celebrities going to the Hollywood Hills or anything like that. I went to a Netflix party one time and I was pretty sure I was going to lose the show afterwards. <laughs> Why is that? I just got too fucked up and I was, I acted an idiot. I was like in a jacuzzi with like five people of color defending white guys. I was just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I was just on a lot of drugs. And I was like, I didn't even mean what I was saying. I was just trying to be like, like interesting to them and different and like seem bold. And then I woke yeah. up the next morning. I probably called Chad and was like, I'm going to, I got to, I got to, I got to text, I got to email somebody and say, sorry. Um, but they were all on drugs too. So it was all fine. That's all. Yeah. No one really remembers at the end of the day. Right. Next day. No, they were saying nutty stuff too. It was just a bunch of fucked up people. Where, what about you, Chad? I'd say the craziest parties were in college, but. Where'd you guys go to college? I went to Santa Clara university up in okay. San, Jose, San Jose. Wait, what, what about, what about when we wrapped, uh, what about our last day of shooting when we were in Vegas? Oh, dude. Good call. Okay. So yeah, so we, we, our last day of shooting was in Vegas. JT, if you remember the scene where he gives a speech at Zed's, uh, yeah. at Zook nightclub and at Resorts World. So after that, we just started, you know, Rebel Vodka's raging. Like, cause it was our last day of shooting. We're like, we're, you know, we're, uh, we're, uh, you know, I'm getting fucked up. So, yeah. uh, we're just drinking Red Bull Vodka's 
next thing I know, uh, it's like, we, this started at like 3 a.m. So next thing it's like 7 a.m. We're like, who has drugs, strip clubs? Let's take Ubers all around Vegas. Yeah. And oh, I my gosh. Yeah, I don't know what the game plan was because we just go to a strip club and we're just like. Yeah. But they're all like closing. They're all like, dude, it's like it's like 9 a.m. What do you guys? Yeah, you guys are just cheesed out of your minds in Vegas. Yeah, and I was like, all right, well, I'll at least take like a tuna melt. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, and then my buddy, the director and I, we just got blacked out. And we were at a bar in the casino, like 10 a.m., just still drinking. And then I blacked out. And, like, I don't remember, like, till about 3 p.m., I, like, came to in the lobby of Resorts World with one shoe on, locked out of my room. Mm. And and eventually I convinced them to let me into my room. And then I just slept for the next two days. And and we both had a line, a fresh line shaved down the middle of our heads. Oh, yeah. it's kind of insane and then i i went to sleep earlier but chad called me at like two in the afternoon after we had been partying all night and he came to my room and like he just looked like he'd been let out in the sun for too long like he was just yeah. fried and his hair was all <laughs> and just black all under both of his eyes too I just like a skeleton he was like he's like dude yeah. are you ready to party but like we had so much we were like good boys for like the three months of shooting and then you finish and like I think we earned it. We were just like, let's yeah, totally empty the tanks. Yeah, you check your you check your messages after two days. Just phones blowing up. You're like, damn, I fucked up, dude. Oh, uh, that's know? the worst worst feeling. It, it was the first time I could hear myself on the phone, and I was sober enough to remember, but I was drunk enough I could hear myself talking with a slur, like slurring my words. I'd never had that yeah. before. I could hear myself being like, "What are you up to?" <laughs> Yeah, nobody, dude, I just, I mean, I've had those 7 a.m. nights, bro, and they're just not fun anymore when you get, obviously, to our, all of our ages, right? Yeah, what what, what do you, uh, what do you, what's your craziest party experience? I don't know, man. Uh, t- too many drugs in college, I would say. Uh, I, well, you know what? I can, uh, Tennessee. Oh, cool, cool. But you know what's funny? You know what? I, uh, what was it, 2021, we went to, I visited my friends in San Diego, we went to LA that weekend, stayed with one of our homies in, I guess, Hollywood. She was talk. She was our age. We were like 23 at the time. She was talking to a sugar daddy, I guess, that lived in the house that Michael Jackson overdosed in. We, uh, we, yeah, we end up going to this house, and you know, it's just a couple of dudes that are just, I guess, renting that house. But this older guy is like 60. You know, uh, there's a body. It was kind of cool to just be in one of those homes. I'm sure you guys have been in one of those homes in Hollywood Hills. There's big gates. You get in. There's a bodyguard. You got to say what's up to. Hey, we're cool. We're cool. No photos. No, no videos. Uh, this guy was like a Clemson grad, and we're in his bar room, and he's got Clemson memorabilia just all over the place. I'm kind of drunk. I walk in in the first place with a clip of beer. Just those three, you know, tall boys or whatever. While this guy, while this guy's just pouring up shots for all of us, and he's like, "Who's the?" Who's the fucker that brought in the clip of beer? So I was kind of getting shoot, you know, shoot it at already. And uh, and then I kind of made this couple of remarks about how Clemson like was the wrong orange, like Tennessee will fuck you guys up in football, which is just not true at all. Clemson would ruin us any day. And then uh, and then he said something, and I was like, bro, what year did you even graduate? College? And I, I didn't, I honestly didn't even mean it like that. I was just a little That's the unsayable thing, dude. That's the unsayable thing to the sugar daddy, dude. I know, bro. And he looks at me, the whole room is silent and he just goes, uh, I think he said long, long ago enough or something like that. And then he told me to get the fuck out of the house. So, so I was like, like <laughs> I was like, dude, fuck. Yeah. He booted my ass, dude. <laughs> Yo. Damn, dude. So, yeah. if, if you had the opportunity to be a sugar daddy, would you take it? I don't know, man. I, I'm just I'm living paycheck to paycheck right now. If I had it, dude, I, maybe I would. But I, you don't even get sex with the chicks, or like I don't know. I don't know how that any of that yeah, works. Some guys, some guys don't. They just want like a companion to go to dinner with and be like, yeah, you know, like a convertible looks better with a partner, I guess. Yeah. No, I don't know. Would you guys be sugar? I don't think I would, bro. I, I'd, I'd, I'd want sugar homies. Sugar homies are dope. Yeah. I'd pay young guys to bro out with me. <laughs> yeah, I see. I'd, I'd almost do that, you know, more than I guess an OnlyFans model is just give me my money. I'm out, dude. Well, now I got to just crank one out after they leave, I guess, you know? Yeah. 
I'd have sugar jet ski bros where it's like a, where like a, you know, you know, birds fly in an arrow. Yeah. It's like, I have a bunch of bros behind me jet skiing and we're like, <laughs> like on yeah. our way to Barbara. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, like old guys who like pay young women to have sex with them ever like look in the mirror when they're having sex with them and they're like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> oh probably. probably right. They're yeah, probably terrible. Yeah. yeah. When I was like 30, I dated like a, like a, she was really cool. And like, we're still uh, friendly, but like, she was like, she was like 22. It was like the first time I'd done that. And then sometimes we would take photos together and I would look at him and be like, Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, no, terrible. <laughs> like gray in my beard and shit just looks stupid for us. And for us in Nashville, dude, like it's a like dating scene is atrocious here. It sounds like both you guys are kind of locked up, but we just, all the girls are just asking. It's kind of like in LA, like how much money do you have? What do you do? Really? Uh, you know, Dude, the like crowd a was a little thing. bougie. The crowd was a little bougie in Nashville. I bet it was, bro. I bet it was. Um, Matt Rife came. We had a, I don't know if you guys remember, we had a fucking school shooting here earlier this summer. And Matt Rife comes the next weekend and drops the the joke bomb. And it was just, it did not go well for the guy. I wasn't there, but it just did not go well for the guy. Yeah. It's like, ah, too soon, I know. You got to take a chance. Well, cool deal, guys. Appreciate you guys hopping on. We got uh, anything you guys want to plug for us just going forward? Um, you check out our podcast going deep with Chad and JT. Is that our YouTube? We got some cool YouTube stuff going on. Chad and JT go deep. Um, over three hundred episodes. That's dope, dude. Yeah. And uh, what what else, anything else, JT? Um, on tour, ChadGT.com. Yeah, come, come see us live. Yeah. Is that just on the website? Yeah, we'll be in, uh, mi- yeah, it's on the website, chadjt.com. We'll be in Minneapolis next, then Detroit for a weekend, then uh, Denver. And we're going to, I'm not sure when this is coming out, but uh, we're, we're going to be in New York on November 8th. So drops on the 7th. It'll drop on the 7th. Yeah, come to Brooklyn. I uh, love Brooklyn, brother. Uh, last question, man to man. We asked this at the, all of our interviews and episodes. Man to man, what is the key to success? Consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh... And maybe any advice you got for the you know aspiring comedians? I would say I would say get out there, do it. You learn by doing. So mm-hmm. do you write mm-hmm. write write jokes as much as you can. Get on stage as much as you can. Create content as much as you can. That that's the best way to learn, and then you can really hone it from there. But experiment, take chances, and don't be afraid to, you know, bomb. Yeah, just fuck up, dude. You gotta fuck up one or two times. Hang out with people who are who are funnier than you. Yeah. yeah. Who have things you want. Yeah. Yeah. Love it, baby. Love it. We'll appreciate you guys for hopping on for a second. And uh, yeah, Chad and JT, go go buy the tickets on the website. And uh, we'll be keeping up with you guys. Hopefully a couple more uh, city city council meetings here in the near future that we can laugh at. So. Awesome. All right, boys. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, man.